and welcome to the very first Arctic Geekdom podcast. My name is Jacob, and, well, the, the guy behind it all, if you like, Ben, is here with me. Hello, Ben. Yeah, no, so this is just a bit of an experiment. Uh, obviously, yeah. on the website, we've got loads of reviews, and we thought we would try and bring you a podcast to talk about all the stuff that happens that we want to talk about. I am really excited about this, actually, like, so excited, because you've invited me along to this. I've been watching uh, much more TV recently, as has everyone, because of the, the current situation that's going on, but I'm just really excited to get this in the way. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, and I think there's also loads of really interesting things happening at the moment. So other than just your really cool TV, I mean, we're going to be talking later about um, films. And because obviously films are different these release, we're getting lots of more smaller indie films. Both The Assistant and Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, I'm highlighting later, are great films that wouldn't be seen by that many people that you can now watch. See, I actually read about that, but now I think about it, I read it about the Christmas you sent me. Uh, coming up on today's podcast, we've got a tribute to Lynn Shelton. We're going to be speaking about that. We've got our very exciting feature, Binge of the Week, uh, and loads, loads more as well. So this is the point in the podcast where we play our intro. But as we are just starting, starting out, we don't have an intro. Hopefully one's coming in the not-so-distant future. Yeah, we have so, got someone working on an intro, don't we? worry. <laughs> okay, so if you could just imagine an intro in your heads right now, and maybe if you're thinking... Hang on, I could make a, uh, a good intro for the podcast. Please do get in contact. Ben, what's the email? Uh, the email is benheath101 at gmail.com or send any of the official Arctic Film website or the official Arctic Film Twitter a message and I'm sure I will get back to you personally. He will, yeah. He's very, very organised. I'll be very quick. Um, I like to think you're only organised though when it does come to your film and TV uh, critic writing. I think anything else, eh, you're, not, you're not so dependable, are you? All right. In the nicest way possible. Let's just uh, kickstart what we're actually going to be talking <laughs> about now. And um, Let's start, yeah. So, sadly, we are starting with a tribute to Lynn Shelton, who was a really cool indie director, who's directed uh, films Hump Day, Say When. Her movies have been recognised at huge every film festival, including Sundance and Cannes. Sadly, she passed away on um, Friday night. Um, it wasn't the coronavirus, it was another underlying health condition, and she was only 54. And it's obviously our thoughts are with her friends and family. Now, the reason why I wanted to highlight Lynn Shelton is because lots of people aren't aware of who she is and her impact. I mean, think of your favourite show. Lynn Shelton has probably directed a TV episode of that. She has so many credits. I mean, I'm going to list three shows, but she has done hundreds of TV shows, such as Glow. She's directed plenty of episodes of that, and that's where she met Mark Maron, who was her partner up until when she sadly passed. She's direct she turned around the fortunes of the morning show, which really wasn't good until the episode she directed. And this Friday, her last TV show, Little Fires Everywhere, is being released on Amazon if you're in the UK. And we've both said we're going to be reviewing this because Lynn Shelton was such a great director and she had such a great voice and not enough people know her work. But in 2017, she did say, looking back at her career, if that was the body of work she finished on, she would be proud. And if anyone can achieve what she achieved, they should certainly be very proud. I love how you've just said that uh, we're both going to be watching that and reviewing that. Thanks, Ben. That's news to me. Uh, but th no, I won't. I'm sure I can find the time. It's not like I've got anything better to do. <laughs> yeah, and... No, I genuinely would be really interested. 
And I mean, Lil Fire's everywhere. It's getting loads of Emmy hype. I've heard lots of people going their predictions. If you don't know what the Emmys are, biggest TV awards. I think I would not be surprised if Lynn Shelton gets a directing nod for any of this morning show or Little Fires Everywhere as a kind of tribute to her because her work is incredible. And if you want Say When or otherwise called Leggies is an amazing rom-com. It's on Amazon as well. Go out and find it. It's got Keira Knightley, Sam Rockwell, Chloe Grace Moritz. It's so heartwarming. Everyone should watch it. I really like Chloe Grace Moritz. Is that it here? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, really sorry, worried. Chloe, if you're listening to this. <laughs> of course she's listening. Um, what I'm really worried about with this podcast is that people listening are going to be film fanatics and they are going to be very infuriated by uh, some of the questions I might ask, uh, some of the things I suggest, because I, I like watching it, but I don't have a huge interest in it, which is why I'm really looking forward to uh, presenting this podcast, because I think I'm going to le- learn an awful lot. And it also gives Ben a massive chance to geek out. It does. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to speak about Binge of the Week? Yeah, so normally the Binge of the Week, we're going to do it every two weeks. We're going to do something oh, else right. in the middle. Because, like, I know. Um, but we're going to talk about huge shows that are really daunting. But we just suggest you watch one or two episodes, and most of the time you will be hooked. Now, normally I we're don't think my show is very daunting. I don't um, think your show is very daunting. But so yours are going to be very daunting and mine are going to be very mainstream and not, not daunting, undaunting. Well, this week I haven't picked a particularly daunting show. And the reason we've actually put this after the tribute to Lynn Shelton is because I picked Glow, uh, which was a show she worked really hard on for a number of years. Her partner, uh, Mark Maron's incredible in it. If you've seen Glow, you will love him. He will be your favourite character. It's had three seasons. Have you watched any of them, Jacob? Um, you can have a guess. No, I thought not. <laughs> it's it's got three great seasons. The What's it about quickly? Um, yeah, sorry. Um, the show is about a group of female wrestlers, who, um, start a TV show. It's a like the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling was a TV show in the eighties. It's a kind of comedic dramatization of that show and how it was created. Um, it's got some incredible wrestling scenes in. It's got some of the best jokes, and it's a bunch of oddballs doing something incredible. And who doesn't love to watch that in a TV show? Is it the sort of TV show, because is it the sort of TV show where you really have to just sit down and watch it and invest a lot of time and thought into, into what's going on? You can't afford to switch off and take your phone. Or is it more of an easy-watching show? Because I feel like they are quite different, and depending on what sort of mood I'm in and what time of day it is, I either go for a sit-down, really got to pay attention for like an easy kind of background television which one would you say uh so uh, glow i would say quite light i mean there's a lot of plot in it but okay i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's difficult watching it's not dark it's funny um it's on netflix it's an easy binge it's what 15 hours which is a lot of time how long is each episode uh they're normally around half an hour but it's that netflix thing it's that netflix thing of no consistent episode times which is actually quite oh what do we think of that because I can't decide whether I really like it because I really like the fact that each episode is a different length because I think part of me thinks, yes, each episode is as long as it needs to be. There's no unnecessary crap in there. But part of me thinks that, um, oh, come on, like this episode was only 20 minutes, should have been half an hour, and I like the consistency. I, I can't make up my mind. What are your thoughts? Um, I don't like it when an episode is 
writ when there's lots of varying lengths because it kind of has problems. So let's look at The Politician, which aired in September. That has episodes which are 50 minutes and nearly an hour. And then it has an episode that's 20 minutes. And you notice the next episode's 20 minutes, which means nothing important's going to happen in that episode. So I much prefer it consistent. Um, They're quite drastic different time frames there. Yeah, I would say so. Because, like, if you look at traditional network shows, or particularly in the States, they're slightly longer in the UK, but a traditional hours network show would be 42 minutes, and you have 18 minutes of ads. In the UK, it's somewhere between 45 and an hour, depending on the channel. And a half an hour one is normally about 22 minutes. So actually, if you have some episodes which are 50 minutes and some episodes which are 22 minutes, it's a really odd balance I found. Mm-hmm. Especially for people watching them on the channels as well. So we're obviously this feature is called Binge of the Week, but uh, shows that are actually getting aired on television, that can be a pain to discover some plans potentially. And also, this not, I might be completely nerdy like this, but no, I, like go, completely I like to go, I like to go, I like to go, well, it's only going to be 40 minutes long. So I, I actually time how many episodes I've got in. So I will start a show at 4.18, hoping to have it done by 3, expecting it to be 42 minutes long. It's infuriating when it's like such a varying depth because you can't get into it, I find. Um, I have never done anything like that. <laughs> I try and keep any form of maths, even though that maths isn't particularly challenging, away from things like TV and film where I just sit down and watch it and I'll have to worry about it. You're almost like timing yourself. What happens if you need a loop break halfway through? What do you do? John? Um, I'm Extend not, it. I'm not going to say what I do on the loo. I, I, um, now you've said that, I don't think I want to know. Um, if anyone else does that, um, listening right now, anyone else does that, uh, I would be very surprised if anyone else does. Please do get in contact. Yeah, and Jacob, what have you picked for your binge of the week? Um, I think I'm going to get a lot of hate from this, and like I read your reviews all the time, um, and a lot of them, uh, programs and shows and that, films that I haven't heard of. Um, I feel like this one, even if you've not watched it, you've heard of it, which means potentially people listening, like I said, are going to think I'm really boring. I am boring, but not always this boring, but it's just something that I've been watching a lot recently. Uh, Modern Family. <laughs> I love Modern Family. So my thought process was I wanted a show, well my mate actually suggested it to me, but my thought process was I don't want a show that I have to sit down and watch. I want something I can on, I can have in the background while still following it, while still watching it, but something that I don't, ha- if I get a message that I really want to answer, which obviously happens to me all the time, not just with Jacob, it doesn't, but some programs you have to pause it uh, and then answer the message and then press play again. I don't know if anyone else does that, but I do that. I wanted a show where I didn't necessarily have to do that, it was nice and easy to follow. Modern Family was suggested with me, just suggested to me. Uh, after the first five minutes of episode one, I thought, oh, don't like this. Don't like it at all. <laughs> and then about a week and a half later, I thought, you know what? Got nothing better to do. Haven't been suggested anything else. I'll give this a whirl. And I haven't stopped watching since. So if you're in the UK, it is uh, on Amazon Prime. And uh, also, uh, at the time of recording this, 19 days ago, it came on Netflix. However, there is a big however here, which I don't like. Last night, I just finished season seven and noticed it didn't roll on to season eight on Amazon Prime. I was like, what, what happened? What's that? And it makes you pay extra. 
extra for seasons 8, 9, 10 and 11 on Prime. And seasons 8, 9, 10 and 11 aren't on Netflix either. Are they on uh, Now TV? Because that's traditionally... I don't have the Now TV. Ah, because Sky is traditionally the cha- channel that uh, shows Modern Family. Ah, well this is the thing. Two weeks ago, as a family, we stopped our Sky subscription uh, because we didn't use it. The only thing we used about with Sky was uh, normal channels that you can get on Freeview. What's the point of paying for Sky when you're just watching Freeview channels? No point. So, and we've got Disney Plus, Netflix, and Amazon Prime. So I just thought, you know what, we can get rid of Sky, save ourselves a bit of money. Now we've got these three streaming services, and we'll just get Freeview. Problem uh, solved uh, until now I'm in this case, which has never happened uh, in the last five years, I'm going to say, uh, where I've actually wanted Sky for a specific reason. And of course, it happens as soon as I cancel it, it's just difficult. Well, I mean, um, the thing about Modern Family is it had three best se- for three seasons. It was the best run yeah, TV. Yeah, I, I, I told you about this. Then it like slowly got bad. it slowly got worse, and right. I've not seen all of seasons eight, nine, ten, and eleven. I've seen bits of them. I've oh. actually not seen all of Modern Family. To be fair, I've seen really? the odd episode here and there. Uh, but there is a noticeable difference, and all the stuff you don't like in the early seasons of Modern Family got worse in the later ones apart from the final season from what i've seen apparently the final season is really good from what i've seen of the final season it's a huge improvement and also the finale was meant to be really beautiful and impressive so skip um thing is sorry uh, one more thing on modern family um i initially started watching it and i said i wanted it uh, an easy background kind of uh, easy background show to kind of watch but um, and then I thought there's no story. Every like episode is its own story. Like where's it leading? Uh, when you get to about halfway through season two uh, onwards, there is actually more of a story to it. Not oh you have to watch the previous episode to understand what's going on. No, not like that at all. But there is more of a story and more consistency to that. So if things are getting worse in the later seasons, there is always that, which personally for me is good because I hate watching things. Even though I want an easy watching, I hate watching things where not going anywhere there's no story yeah i right, mean on. so oh, jacob you can't yeah. watch any more modern family now but i actually think i've got the perfect show for you it's a bit oh, like happy, yeah modern i think it's not my usual type of tv show Shit. as you know okay i'm now going to be reviewing the final season of Shit's creek i mean it has the greatest title on tv let's be honest how could any show get away with practically swearing in its title but um it's uh, end of the effing world yeah I mean, all six um, seasons of Shit's Creek are now on Netflix, um, and it wasn't great in the beginning. The first season is quite jarring and difficult to watch. However, once you get over that, this is the most heartfelt show on TV. I mean, last Thursday, the final season was released on Netflix. I had finished it by the yet that night because I just loved the characters. Um, the show fa- focuses around a bunch of former billionaires. They own the equivalent of what would have been Blockbuster. Um, and suddenly they lose all of their money. And the only asset the US government's allowed them to keep is this town they bought as a joke called Shit's Creek. And you have these rich people who have no money in the most... I don't want to say backwards because all of the people in Shit's Creek are lovely. But think of your stereotypical, like... Midwestern town with a yeah. signpost of basically two people having sex <laughs> and one restaurant, and there's a real culture clash 
And then over the six seasons, they suddenly realise that Shit's Creek has become their home, and you grow to love all of the characters. Catherine, what I, sort of genre, genre is this? Oh, it's a sitcom. It's it? it's okay. a comedy. Like, it's each episode's twenty minutes. It's your typical laugh a minute comedy. Okay, so you don't. It's not a huge thing where you need to sit down and watch, 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 and concentrate. It's is it kind of an easy watch? Would you would you say? Oh, or? it's such an easy watch. I mean. I'm pretty sure I've watched episodes of it on the past and I actually just seen on TikTok. Like it's not a, it's not a challenging watch. I it's one of those shows I always go back to if I'm feeling sad or upset and I'm devastated it's closed. Um but I actually think Jacob you would love it if you like Modern Family. And if so you it's like on Netflix. It's on Netflix if you like any type of comedy. Modern Fa- uh, Shit's Creek broke into the Emmys last year, which means it is among the top com- television comedies of the year, and that's not just me saying that. That's a wide voting range, so I, I think everyone should watch it. And Catherine O'Hara's Moira Rose is the funniest TV character ever. I've went and said it. That was a really hot take that I probably can't take back now, but it's a comedic genius performance. Amazing. Uh, so yeah, I'll, now I can't watch any more Modern Family unless I can I will definitely uh, be giving that a watch in the next week and maybe on uh, next week's podcast I might just give my take on it. Yeah, I, I'd <laughs> love to hear it. Moving on, what is next then? So, um, this was originally going to be what we led the podcast with, um, but we've kind of moved it. But it's still a really important topic. So, since the Me Too movement, there's been a huge rise in female filmmakers uh, who are getting the opportunity and talking about female stories. And I know this is slightly awkward, two dudes talking about this on the podcast, but since we've went into lockdown, two incredible films have been released that are about female topics, directed by females, they're beautiful dramas, and they are so unflinching, I almost thought I was watching a documentary. Um, So the first one, Never Really, Sometimes Always, it's based off a book, the book was a bestseller, and lots of people will have seen it. It um, follows a girl called Autumn and her cousin Skylar. And we're introduced to Autumn, and she's like your typical moody teen. She's in a Midwestern state that's never said. However, you find out in the first 20 minutes, she's a teenager, she's pregnant, and she can't get an abortion. So I her did not expect you just to say that. <laughs> her, and, yeah, um, her and her cousin then go and travel to New York by bus, and um, she gets the, goes through the process of getting an abortion. And the title, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, is revolving around a really poignant moment in the film uh, where she's asked by um, the doctor how many of these things have happened. Is it never, rarely, sometimes, always? How many times have you been sexually assaulted? Did your partner have consensual sex with you? And all of these questions and the power of these scenes comes through not with what's said, but what they hold. It's watching, and I'm blanking on her name, but the two lead actresses, uh, Autumn and her cousin Skylar, both of them we will see so much more of because they give such powerful performances in this film and it's a top recommendation. And that leads me on to The Assistant, which is another top recommendation. I mean, these two films have got I've so heard much... The Assistant. I haven't heard of the other one. I've heard of The Assistant. These two films have got such so much praise. Now, The Assistant, um, it stars Julia Gardner from Ozark, um, the only other actor of any note in the film is Matthew McFadden from Succession. So you already know we've got some great actors in the pot here. 
and it centred around the idea of what if you were the bottom leg assistant in kind of Harvey Weinstein's company and Julia Gardner plays a new assistant who's watching all of these acts and knows these unspeakable acts are happening and it's about that culture of no one wants to speak out no one wants to talk about this and you completely see in that one hour and a half Julia Gardner's performance is unbelievable as she goes from I need to speak out I need to change this but I can't and I might lose my job and it's all of these questions that have blotted Hollywood uh, for years and I do think it's a timely and important podcast uh sorry my phone nowhere so it's a <laughs> timely and important podcast. film um i uh, think this is an important podcast this is an important podcast because we can talk about films like never early sometimes always and the assistant <laughs> i like what you did there <laughs> i know it was very smooth which uh, are such powerful and important issues and they're directed with such nuance and like abortion is a really topical issue and there's lots of feelings yeah if you do and it's got to be done by the right people in the right ways i mean the director of the assistant she interviewed people from um harvey weinstein's company and she interviewed people who are victims of sexual assault and never really sometimes always is based off someone's personal account and because of that when you're watching these films you do almost get the feeling that there's something true about it both the stuff filmmakers behind these films in, have made in my documentaries. Opinion, things like that that doesn't really often come across in in films and TV. Yeah, uh, and I think you know, it's a lot of books, but in films and TV. So I think these two films wouldn't have got the universal. <laughs> oh my god, these two films wouldn't have got. These two films wouldn't oh have got the universal <laughs> praise. <laughs> Oh, Jacob, I, you've completely so took me off my I, thought. I'm sorry, everyone. I really thought you couldn't hear that. I'm so sorry. I thought I felt a burp coming and, um, well, God, I'm losing my mind, but I mean, apparently not. You couldn't have burped in the worst possible point. Moving on, carry on, man. Yeah, so um, both these films, I don't think, would have got a huge amount of attention outside of the festival circuit. They might be nominated for some awards. But because all the major blockbusters are waiting for cinemas to reopen, but they need to release something onto iTunes to get people watching films, we get to see these smaller, more independent films which have had lower budgets but more opportunity to take risks really come to the centre and be talked about. Brilliant. Uh, but that sounds really good. How can we watch The Assistant and uh, never really sometimes always? So uh, they, um, you can't get them on can get them on DVD, I think, but you can't go to a DVD shop. But they're both on iTunes, they're on the BFI player. They Anywhere you, where you would normally buy and rent your film, you can buy and rent these two films. And I are recommend... They, are they on any streaming services? They aren't on any streaming services yet in the UK. Um, I have a hunch soon they will be on them. But what, What's your hunch? A feeling? Or um, it's a feeling about movies which are this size. They're normally available to buy and rent for eight months and then by the end of the year, I'm sure they'll be available to stream. However, by that point, the conversation around the film's gone. And if you want to be a part of something, I honestly suggest watching these two movies. They will move you so much. They're just beautiful films. And they say a lot about the state of our culture. Brilliant. Well, you know what? I probably will wait uh, before... 
I'll wait till it comes out on the streaming service purely because uh, I think I've got enough to watch this week. Uh, I'll, I'll give Shit's Creek a watch and um, Glow. I, I think they're going to be my go-tos for this week. But I think, like you said, that all the hype around uh, Obsessive Girl and whatever uh, kind of died down by the time it comes on streaming, service, streaming services. I feel like, in a way, a second round of hype actually comes out, say, mm. when something comes on Netflix. Uh, but it's just not amongst uh, film critics and people that love films and potentially are listening to this podcast. I think just, you know, people that uh, like a good binge uh, and just bored and want to watch a show. Uh, and then you get people tweeting about it, which is something that I always personally find really interesting. It's much more of a general public, non-nerdy view. Um, yeah, I really, really hope that both these films get seen by a wide audience and get talked about. And it might be over a number of years, it might be instantly. I mean, they've had more of an impact now than they would have had otherwise. How did they do in cinemas? Uh, they've both been released exclusively on VOD services. Um, oh. the assistant Is that because of the current situation, or would that have happened anyway? Um, these two would have both had quite a small theatrical run otherwise. But The Assistant, I think, did have one weekend in the States where it did really well, and then everything closed down. So, it's... <laughs> I know, it's... It's devastating, but they've both arguably made 20 times more money on demand than they actually would have done if theatres were open. I just love how much you know. Like, I'm asking so many questions, is it on this website, and you like, seem to know. I know, I mean, Jacob hasn't wrote these questions down, I don't know them, I'm not even no, sure if he's... Like, genuinely, yeah. I'm genuinely I not even sure if he's read, read the notes I wrote, um... You are very quick, Jacob. No, um... So is that it this week then? I think that's about it. I mean, we'll have Lil Five everywhere next week. I'm sure we'll be able to find something which I dislike because I feel like this week I've just been going, go watch this, go watch that. But ultimately, this isn't just about what we want to talk about. If you're listening to this and want to talk about something or want us to talk about it, get in contact. We told you our details below. Whatever place you're listening to this podcast, make sure you share it with your mates. Make sure you like it. Make sure you comment and tell us what you want to hear. I'm sure at some point we will be incorporating that kind of use because we obviously want to make this podcast for the people who are listening to it. Exactly. One thing I'm just hoping now is that uh, we've managed to record the podcast. You think, yeah. we're, you think we're both recording and just short? Let's, let's just hope it works. Yeah, we're just hoping and praying this and would there's work. there's no way of editing out that burp either, I don't think. I so. don't think there's a way of editing out that burp. So, so, once again, I do apologise. Uh, hopefully that won't happen next time. Uh, I mean, Jamie, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. See you soon. Bye.